All right, hello, culture hackers. It's Robert Richmond here, back after a long time. My good friend and fellow culture hacker, Burkay Brown, is here. What's up, man? Hey, man. Good to be here. Glad to uh, be in this conversation with you. Yeah, man. How? Um, so, what's what? What would you give people as the TLDR on you? Like, you you, you meet somebody <laughs> right. at, at a coffee shop or whatever, <laughs> and they're like, like, what do you say? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I can't just like start with my vision statement, but probably within the first five minutes, I'd get to it. Uh, but I say, you know, my my expertise is in behavior change. I just always want to know how do you help people. Uh, do the things they don't want to do to become the people they want to be. And so providing some type of pathway to do that is, is the most important thing to me, whether it's for an individual or for a, a group of people. So that's, that's, that's the thing. I could go through my vision statement. Might as well. I envision a world where boundless imagination and creativity is applied to life itself, where the very art of living is mastered and evolved as each individual is empowered to express their unique greatness in the world. Wow, that's awesome. And you know, from, from coming from most other people, I'd be like, that's a load of that's, crap. Right? <laughs> that's so real. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it, but yeah, I know you and, 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 and your style and your energy and your knowledge. So you're legit. Yeah, man. You're definitely legit. Yeah, man. I could break it up to different pieces of my life when each part of that vision statement came came to life. So. Yeah, it's definitely in the bones. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So we've been talking, we've been having conversations that I think, we, I wish we recorded. Right. But if we had, it probably wouldn't have worked so well. <laughs> right. We'll see if this even works. Right. But I think we, what we've been talking about recently is that we're in this really strange state where things are changing really fast. Yeah. You know, and you said you, said you get the sense something's coming. What right. was the word you used? Was it, oh, I wish I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like it's like stuff's going to go down. Yeah, it's about to go down. Right, and like so, so I have my version of that. Right. What's, what's your version of that? What's going to go down? You know what? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. You know when you just get a feeling, like okay, it's it's all, when you're on a roller coaster, roller coaster, and you hear the click, 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 and then it's like you start to feel that moment where the click stop and momentum starts, and then inertia, and then you see the, but you just kind of know that what has been won't work from this point on, mm-hmm. right? And there's going to have to be flexibility. There's going to have to be a shift in thinking uh, or else or else uh, you'll, you'll miss, A, an opportunity. Uh, B, you'll, you'll get caught up in the fray. And I think that those are kind of the, the you, you either get the moment, the ability to wake up or you get sucked up into the narrative of society and uh, just play as a pawn in that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like there's this not going back to normal. And yeah. and I wrote a blog post about this recently. I'm mm-hmm. seeing it on all kinds of levels of we've seen the supply chain. Right. It, it, it's starting to break. And I, I said, I get some stuff from TikTok. And I see a TikTok video <laughs> of a farmer in front of her cows and saying, we are not getting water. The water's being diverted to the city. I can't feed my cattle. Right. And I see mm-hmm. this other of a farmer in front of a million onions and saying, my costs are going up huge. You don't feel it now because we have contracts for nine months. But after that... Mm-hmm. You're going to feel that big, right? And we've got all this inflation coming. We've got all this uh, incredible geopolitical in- right. instability. We've got the divides happening when it comes to uh, the 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 mandates and right. vaccines, and 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 essentially a lot of tension and uncertainty. Yes, yes, it's a it's an incredible. You know, the pandemic. I think it just expedited things that were going to happen yeah. over time. Right, has just it, in, in one year. Everybody was forced to jump ten years, and and this now we're starting to see the effects of of what happens in our our methodology. Oh, 
Yeah, let's turn that off. <laughs> turn it on phones. Here. Yeah, that's a good call. So, but yeah, we're starting to see the effects of it. I mean, I think I heard August was the highest amount of individuals that quit their job in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's starting to realize that what was is not going to work anymore. We just don't know what direction it's going to go. We don't know how it's going to look. Right. And, and so it's interesting to see some of these younger people on TikTok right. saying like, what's the point? Like, why am I going to my job? Right. right. You got some people who are just questioning other people who are just staying at home. Um, some who are making money in other kinds of ways of crypto and seeing right. all these other opportunities. Right. Um, you know, the, it, 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 it's this, I, I think the word for it is like the bardo, the in-between worlds kind of feeling <laughs> right, right now. Um, <laughs> of, and, and so I've been thinking a lot about, um, what do you, what do what do companies do mm. in this in these situations of where the future is so uncertain mm. um of of where you don't know what to do and you know m- my answer so far in a lot of ways has been a non answer in the sense okay. of of these crowdsourced technologies that I use like open space are to tap into the wisdom of the group mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, this is what's happening. This is where we see going. How do we decide our future? Mm. Because I've realized through my, my, my big, my big thing through my career is to realize I'm not really the expert at companies. It's the people in the companies. Right. I know about systems and things like that, but for, and, and, and I, I can help them figure out right. what's going on. Um, but this is the first time where I've realized I really have to lean on those mm-hmm. because I don't know what's what's coming right. um and and this is i think the crazy part in this this was actually said by the guy who wrote homo sapiens mm. he said what's happening now is a crisis in narrative so the crisis in narrative is that every narrative especially politically up until this point has been one where the people are the winners mm-hmm. right so it's communism like we're going to rise above the 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 other class mm-hmm. right we're going to whether it's it's e- even um uh, fascism, socialism, right. capitalism. It's like you are the winner at the end of this race. You right. will win. And he said the, the new narrative is one where the future is being shown as things like AI mm-hmm. and biotech and computers and crypto and automation and machine learning right. and all these things like that. And what he said was this is the first time in I don't know how long where people – either consciously or unconsciously don't see themselves in the future. Mm. And it's a crisis of narrative. And the way I'm, I really define narrative is like story is, is um, uh, beginning, middle, end. But narrative is past, present, future. And our ideas of those things can change. Right. A story doesn't really change, mm. but a narrative can change. Even the view of the past can change and the view of the future can change, right? So the narrative crisis here is people are not seeing themselves in that future. Right. They're wondering what's going on. And he thinks that, that UBI will come and the tech giants are going to provide <laughs> and the government will provide, I don't know for how long, but, um, but then the idea with this is that he said the, the, the real psychological crisis is that in that future, people see themselves as useless. Yes. And useless is way worse than being exploited because you're, if you're exploited, you still have a use and right. you still have a purpose. But if you're in the system and have no use or purpose, it's so psychologically damaging yes. that we don't know what the effect of that will be. 
it's almost like I'd rather be hated than not cared about. Yeah, right. right. right? The apathy is even my existence does. I'd rather have my existence like frustrate you <laughs> than not be acknowledged. Mm. That silence, that disconnect, that alienation. You know, and that, as humans, that's what we terrify the most. We're terrified of the most. It's to be to be kicked out of the community. Right, that ability to to be a part is something they say that uh, in uh, intrinsic motivation there are three needs that every human being has. These are psychological drivers, intrinsic drivers that we have. The first is uh, the ability to master a thing. We want to get better. We want to be able to improve ourselves. Right. The other is to feel like um, I'm connected or related to something that is supremely bigger than me. If I'm not connected to something bigger than me, then I feel lost. Right. And the other is autonomy. I want to be able to choose my path. And if we're taking out the ability for people to feel connected to something bigger than them, then all of a sudden they start to feel less valuable. Mm -hmm. And if they have no need to master anything because AI has already mastered it for them, that takes another one out. Right. And so autonomy, they have freedom, but freedom to do what? And there's no narrative. There's no story. Then all of a sudden it's just like, I'm useless. Mm -hmm. I have no purpose. I have no reason. And even though I'm alive, I don't have a meaning that I can attribute to my existence. Mm. Right. So how do you create that? Let's say that we get to that world. How do you create well, meaning? <laughs> I'm wondering if, it, if, if it, it makes me think of when I kind of switched my life around where I had lost everything in a venture and went into major debt mm. and I was depressed and there was only one thing I was really clear about, which is that I wanted to be a spinning instructor. I love spinning yes. and I like I, it combines coaching and being a DJ and exercise and leading. And I thought, like, this is what I want to do. And there's no, especially back then, there was no soul cycle. Okay. I mean, soul cycle, I think they make almost six figures. But this was $25 a class. And I'd spend all this time creating the mixes, but I knew I wanted to do it. And I did the training and I created a little marketing sheet for myself. I did the auditions and then I started doing it at Gold's wow. and 24 Hour Fitness. And the thing is, that gave me so much energy. Mm. And I was able to use that energy when the right opportunity came up, which was, was really with Zappos. Wow. Right? And so it makes me think that maybe the way to those things you're talking about, um, I don't know if you'd call that the mastery route, but to me it was um, it was just going towards where my energy wanted to go. Right. And, and saying, look, I know there's no money in this. I just know I love it and want to do it, and I'm going to follow that. And energetically, I got in a great place to get a great career. Mm. So you're saying that by you engaging in doing what you wanted to do, following that intrinsic motivator, it prepared you not only mentally, physically, like with energy, it also prepared you energetically for that work. Yeah. How, how would you say the energy displayed itself? Like how did how did it prepare, uh, kind of prepare you energetically for Zappos for that space? What were the things, the nuanced things that were different about you because of you following your heart and doing what you wanted to do? I think it was that I I, I it lifted me out of a depression. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it 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 felt like I was doing something for intrinsic value yeah. because the external things I was getting was not there. I didn't even get like what I really wanted to through that was people saying, Oh my God, that was a great class. Right. I did not get right, that. Right, right. <laughs> I did not. I have so much more respect for people the way, like I think everybody should, uh, should be a, a, a waiter at some point in their yes. life. Cause you don't understand what they go through till they do it. And that's what happened with the spinning instructor. I was like, I can do this. I can put together good music and get everybody going and around right. and I'm doing my thing <laughs> and I'm dancing up there and people are like, yeah, I gotta go to work. And like, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't. So, it was really all intrinsically mm. valuable there for me. 
Um, and, and I, I, I had all that, mm. that energy. And, and I think that, um, you know, so it just makes me think when, when you talk about things like, like that higher purpose, um, um, that, that, um, a, a lot of that became clear because one of my, one of my thoughts is that clarity, when people think about clarity, they think it's information. Yeah. Like somebody's going to hand them a thing and say, this is your purpose. And right. you go, oh my God, that's what it is. But I think it's more like a feeling mm. because God knows if you're right, but you can certainly feel right. You can certainly feel clear. Right. Uh, this is, this is, I'm, I'm thinking so many different things. One thing that I, that I love first off is kind of going with the, the intrinsic motivator. Like even though it wasn't a paying, high paying job, it was something that you wanted to do. And when you go into that space, when you follow what you want, and I have clients who are so afraid of making the wrong choice, mm. but the truth is the choosing is more important than what's chosen, mm. right? What you choose is not as important as the person that you become by making a choice. They say that a decision is the ability to, like you look at an incision, you're cutting something open, you're cutting into two pieces a decision you're cutting something off and you're just saying i am saying i am choosing this reality versus this reality which is a character builder in a huge way so when you make that decision and then move into that space all of a sudden you gain this self-efficacy and this respect of yourself because you've chosen to do something most people in the world don't want responsibility so when you chose to go that route, you engaged in it, you became better, you felt better about yourself, and it almost opened your eyes to be aware of other uh, opportunities that could show up. Yeah. You know, it's such a, it's like, it's an interesting thing, man. And I, and I find that if we can get people to start to listen to that impulse within them, to gain the clarity, not on what to do, but what on what feels better, what feels right, by default, if you constantly move in that direction, even if you make a quote unquote bad choice, you'll start to improve and hone that kind of inner calling. And the more people that improve and hone that inner calling, the more change they're able to make in, the, in their life. And yeah. Their life. I'm curious. We were talking about this before about yeah. how you can do smaller choices, smaller decisions right. to learn rather than learning on big things where yeah. there can be a high amount of, uh, of risk. Right. Right. And, and I, I can think of an example from a really low level, and I'm hoping you can raise the level. Go ahead. Right. So, <laughs> so for example, with this, it's uh, a woman I was coaching was saying um, – uh, she's like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I said, look, I just want you to start with this. Pick something that you want for lunch today and go at it with just pure clarity. Like right. say a burger, whatever that burger is, go for it. Don't question it. Just right. do that. Enjoy it. Like take that and don't and eliminate all decisions because you chose that burger. And we were starting that low level. Mm. Of, of making a decision. Yeah. And that's, that's with somebody who was just feeling paralyzed, right? And for, so with that level of paralyzation, that helps, right. right? But I think like, especially with your clients, you're, you're, you're dealing with people who are at a higher level than that, right? They're not, they're not that freaked mm-hmm. out that they're <laughs> not times. making any decisions. <laughs> right. But so are there higher level examples of that than just like dedicating to choosing lunch right. that you've worked with for smaller decisions to just make that decision? Yeah, I would say that what, what, I, what I like to do is I like to, um, to cut up a decision-making process because people are so tied with outcome. If I want to get here, do that, this has to, I have to graduate. But it's like, what if you just finished your first day of class? Like, can we honor that? Can we celebrate that? Right. Can can we, can we bring it down to just, it's like its simplest form. So sometimes what I have, uh, you know, clients do is just put themselves in a position, whatever it is, where they feel fear. 
And then even if they engage in it, but they don't go all the way, even if they run away, as long as they've gotten themselves to the fear, we say celebrate it. And so all I care about mm. more than anything else is it's about proximity. The, the more that you can be proximal to the thing that you're trying to overcome, mm. the stronger you get. And if you think that overcoming it is your evolution, you've lost because you then will, uh, uh, you will self-deprecate until you overcome it. So every step forward, if it's not the step over, becomes I didn't do it. But what if I said that every step forward is the evolution? And that the overcoming is just that extra step. Yeah. So right? is there an example that comes to mind with one of your clients of what that thing was that, it, you know, not mention names or anything, but yeah. what, what, what that, that there was a fear and you got them closer to that. Right. You know, I think I'll just relate to the story that I, that I said when I was in Ibiza, this wasn't a client, but it was a friend. Uh, we were, we were in the ocean in the Mediterranean and the, the, the bottom of the sea, not like the actual bottom, but it's probably about, you know, 40 feet down. It was pretty, it was deep. And so I remember the guy was trying to get to the bottom and as he was going to the bottom, he would swim back up and he said, so many fears, man, I feel so many fears. And what I told him was I said, you have to honor the fact that you're swimming deep enough to feel fear. So you don't have to get to the bottom to be mm. successful. If you just swim low enough to where fear shows itself, you're at least having dinner with it. Mm. And if you're having dinner with fear, you already have evolved. If you can increase the conversation from one sentence to five and then go back up, then you've evolved. And so ultimately, it's how do we, how do we shrink down what success looks like? If I run a marathon and I get to that end of the marathon and everybody cheers and all the music and the band breaks and all of this stuff is just dedicated on that step across the finish line. But here's the question. If I take one step out, it's no longer a marathon. So the question is, which step is the most valuable? Every single step matters. And so if we like are working with people, when I'm talking to my clients, I'm saying we need to celebrate step one, step 46, and step 1,752. Mm. They are, there is not one that is more valuable. Though the world may attribute more value to one, it only attributes it because of the other steps preceding it. And so teaching people to understand to celebrate these small wins changes their perspective that they have to be the thing in order to feel like the thing. I say greatness is moving towards greatness. It's not achieving greatness. It's the process of moving towards greatness that makes you great. Yeah. I think when, when, when people hear the word celebrate, they think party, jumping up and right, down, right, right, cheering. Right. Like, <laughs> is, is that what you mean? Or is, is celebration simply acknowledgement? Like, what is celebration? I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the extreme. I'm exaggerating. I'm like, celebrate. I want you to literally like jump up and down. I want you to look in the mirror and say, you did it. I want it to be so insanely awkward because they need to see uh, the, the importance of, of making that much effort. What it does is by me, the greater I celebrate the mundane, the less valuable the greatness becomes. And to be honest, the reason most people fail is not because they fall, uh, it's not because they fall short of it. Here, let's say this. The reason most people fail is because of the guilt associated to not being the person they're supposed to be. Mm, it has wait, hold, no, on, hold on, hold right. like, let's, let's say that again a little slower. Let's let that one sink right? in. The reason most people fail is because of the guilt associated to not being who they're supposed to be. It is the shadow of the distance between where we are and where we want to be wait, that so kills us. Is it not where they're supposed to be or not where they think they're supposed to be? It's always think. There is no supposed. To say suppose is actually, it's, it's not even reality. What is, is. What is not, is not. But it seems like that distinction is so important because <gasps> if you're in that what I'm supposed to be, then right. there's just that pure guilt. Yes. Right? Dude, there's this awesome exercise I do uh, 
when I, this is with friends, clients, anybody, because it's just so powerful. I'm like, who are you supposed to be right now? Well, I'm supposed to be this, uh, making this much money. Oh. Yeah. And I just have them talk about it. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm like, okay, put him in the seat right over there. And they sit. Right. And I'm like, is, it, is he there? Is she there? They're like, yeah. Okay. Well, how are they sitting? Oh, tall shoulders are back. What, what are they wearing? Blue suit, red dress, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, uh, how do they talk when they're talking with somebody? Oh, just confident. And the way they describe them is just this beautiful person who they should be by now or who they're aiming to be. And then I go, okay, cool. Um, with, okay, the guy, all right, perfect. Can you, can you change the color of his shirt? He's like, okay, I changed it in his mind. Imagine it. I'm like, okay, can you make his chest bigger? And he's like, okay, chest is bigger. And I'm like, what did he do to get that new shirt? What did he do to get his chest bigger? And he's like, I just thought it. So he didn't have to change and he didn't have to work out. He's like, no, I just imagined it. And this is the person that's castigating you for not being who they are, right? And he's like, yeah. And I go, do you realize that this person has never felt gravity? Doesn't know what pain feels like? Doesn't know what challenge feels like? Doesn't know what it is like to move in the world? Has no idea about what is required to be human. And it has the, the authority to tell you that you're not enough when you actually are dealing with all that? This thing is a figment of your imagination and it has no power. It, it literally, and when they, when they realize that this thing they created is a non-reality mm. and that they're the one that's actually living in life, mm. it flips the way that they see it because they're like, that ghost has no authority over me, mm. right? Yeah, that reminds <laughs> me of this. The, I think it was the end scene uh, inter- of, uh, he's, he's just not that into that movie. I uh-huh. think it was that where uh-huh. one, of the, one of the characters is talking about his wife mm-hmm. and he said, my wife is better than the girl of my dreams. I said, why? Because my wife is real. That's, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it, man. It, and it's so funny because I think we both have the same job. Our job is to tell a different narrative, right? Mm-hmm. To tell a story a little bit different. So when a person comes and says, I want to be this other person, that's a figment of my imagination. I say, do you realize that when you become, quote unquote, that person, that person must bow to you? Because you're the superhero. You're the one who, in the thick of it, mm-hmm. did the work, blood, sweat, and tears to allow that person to exist. So we first, like what I do is I, I have my clients write a letter to their future self saying, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to lay you up. And then when they become that future self, they write a letter to their past self and they say, I couldn't have been here without you. Yeah. All the things that you were afraid of that you still push through. And it's, it's changing the narrative as saying we're trying to be that person to I'm the person that's going to build that person. I'm mm-hmm. the sculptor. What's more valuable? Yeah. So one of the questions I ask people yeah. when they're confused is they're like, I, I, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be. I don't know mm. what career I want to have. And the question I ask, um, it'd be, I, I'm happy to share my answer. I'm curious to hear yeah, yours. Yeah. Is, um, is I say, look, get, get over the charge of this word and just know where I'm going with this mm. is I ask, who are you jealous of? Mm. Who are you jealous of? And... Like, whose life do you look at and say, you know what? I want that. Be- not to be that, but because it's a clue. It's because we're projecting right. something onto that. And if we can see that projection, right? Yeah. And so, like, I, I, I noticed I for, for me, it's, it, you know, like, I just know, okay, like, Tim Dillon's a hysterical comedian Mm -hmm. so he makes people laugh he speaks whatever he feels like saying um he gets to go on these rants right right? and so i I think it it it, and it's less of one person and i think okay what did i what i really love about steve jobs Mm. 
you know, and, and how he's in front of a, a whiteboard and commanding a group of engineers to do something incredible and thinking about the marketing and this and that. And, and yeah. it's like that, that I, that I'm jealous of. Right. And so it's less of a caddy jealous and more yes. of a, like, it's, it's, it's a vector pointer to that, that you do know actually what you want. Powerful. Oh, I love that, man. I, I think, you know, the, 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 everything that I always talk about is it's about a multi-pronged approach. Uh, there's no one way to do anything because it becomes, it becomes kind of dilapidated. But I love that. Follow your envy. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of what comes to mind is the ability to say, okay, because there's, there's an impulse within us. Why, why not take advantage of the impulses within us instead of saying, that's bad, shut it down. No, it's telling you something. Our emotions, good emotions, bad Everything is a signpost. And if we can kind of get back, it goes back to what I was saying uh, when we were chatting. Everything is everything. What I say is that every space thing is everything. And if you look at everything as though it's everything, you can extrapolate truths about people, about the world, about the universe in that way. And I'll give you an example. For example, if I haven't seen a person in a long time, I run up and I hug them tight. And it's almost the longer I haven't seen them and the more I love them, the tighter it becomes. You see a baby, you're like, I just want to eat it up. And when I look at this, it tells me the story of absorption, that people want to be together. There's this, when, we're, when there's space, we want to, in a physical way, bring as much closeness together. And it tells me that, okay, there is a uniting element within all of us. You look at a tree and a tree gets stronger in a storm. Okay. That tells you that resistance. You look at gold under, under fire or you know, coal under pressure becomes a diamond. So everything tells us about everything. And it's this larger perspective. Envy teaches you. It tells you what you're going towards, right? And then it, it puts you in a space where then all of a sudden you're like, okay, there are hints of what I care about. Or what I want, what I want to be a part of me. Yeah. I wonder if those, those, those are two sides, yeah. like two different poles. One being that envy and the other what you were saying about fear. Yeah. Because I think fear is an interesting pointer. Okay. Like I tell people, it's, it's, it's so funny. I tell people, I go, um, you know, my mom is not scared of skydiving. And they're like, are you kidding? Like they, they know my mom. They're like, what? She's not scared of skydiving? I said, not at all. You know why? They're like, like, why should? Because there is no way she would ever go <laughs> skydiving. Right. It's just never gonna right. happen. So there is no fear there. Mm. There's no energy there, mm. right? But if you talk to somebody and they go, "Oh my God, that would terrify me," there's a desire there. Mm. Because if there's no desire, there's that fear doesn't show up. They don't talk about how scared they are if they have no desire to do right. it. There's an inference. Like you can, you can pull from the fact that they're even f- like emotionally, physically feeling it. Yeah. The, the way I noticed this was in a conversation with mm. two people and I was talking about, about, um, like vegan diets mm. and there's this one woman that was like, yeah, I could never do that. And this other guy was like, Oh my God, are you kidding? Like I can't, ha- I can't not have my steak. And I'm like, you are a candidate for this. Right. Clearly. Ooh, wow. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're on the spectrum of moving towards it possibly. No, I think that, that kind of, that, that multi-pronged approach really is, it's such a good way to, to really chisel or whittle down what a person really desires. What are you envious of? What are you afraid of? You know, I always say like when I was teaching my class at the end, I'd be like, if you forget everything about me, just remember this, move in the direction of your fear. If you can't move in the direction, look at it. If you look at your fear, then try to touch it, then touch it. You'll realize you can move it. But our fears are actually porters, portals to our evolution. Right. And so if you look at, okay, what you're envious about, uh, and then you look at, okay, what are the things that you're afraid of? And then you look at, um, some of the things that you know, you don't want to be like, as you put them all together, it starts to fashion this avatar Mm -hmm. of who you want to become. 
So pulling all of these together, there's no one way, but to use these multiple interventions start to provide clarity. And there is a point where the match sets, the light goes on, and then you can use that to drive yourself to where you want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what we're doing is we're, our job is to just kind of you know, help cultivate the soil. Yeah. Then the seed will plant, it will grow on its own. Yeah, and I think this comes back to leadership and companies in the sense of I, I first, before even becoming a leader of uh, like an official capacity of actually managing a lot of people, I started to see this in, 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 in a weird way. My friend Dave was talking about the, the, the Federal Reserve mm. chairman and said that you know they, there's so much that they can't say that people are looking to every little micro mm. expression. When they said <laughs> right, this, right. what was the look in their eye? When they used this word, why did they use this exact word? And I start, and I realized this, how impactful this kind of principle is when I did start to manage people mm. and they were evaluating my every move. Mm. They were, they were noticing everything. And, and to some degree it was really helpful. They said, did you know, in, in your, when you're talking to a group, you do, you say in terms of a lot and mm-hmm. they, they actually checked it off one time. I said in terms of 75 times in one talk, <laughs> I was like, I got to change yeah, this, right. but they pay attention that closely. Right. right. And so when leaders, when you walk into a room mm. and you're upset because you had a fight with your spouse or something, they're not knowing that story. They're like, uh Oh, Something's mm. up. And then they make up stories about what your attitude yes. means and how it's going to affect them. Right. So that's why I think leadership, when, 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 when you're, you're, you're projecting energy, um, people are reading that consciously, mm. unconsciously, right. and they are getting feelings from it and they're making stories up about it. So it, it, it seems like what you're talking about here of this self-mastery and getting so clear on you yeah. can have a huge impact on everybody else. Because if not, these things kind of leak and have an impact on everybody else. You know, it ties so well because, you know, when we're asking these questions about, okay, follow your envy, follow your fear, what are you doing? That is these external sources helping provide clarity on the internal source, right? And when a person gets, when I said that, that match lights, then that internal source comes on and that's where you start to pave your own path. And as a leader, knowing what you feel, why you feel it, where it's coming from, actually allows your employees it allows the people that you're that that are that are following you that are working with you to almost mimic your skill set like if when i if i come in and i'm feeling a certain way i can verbalize it i can say i can say hey this is what's happened i'm in a place right now where i'm gonna i'm gonna need some time out right i'm mm-hmm. gonna be in my office i'm gonna get some work done uh if you need anything email me today right just these little like nuanced things that you can do to allow people to not create their own stories because what everybody does is if they, if i see somebody who's mad that's my boss i'm immediately if i don't know the information it's my fault i'm automatically going to fill the space with it's me but if a, if a leader really is so clear and understands and this even works in relationships where you say what you're feeling and where you're at and you're able to connect with it and communicate it then all of a sudden it creates a sense of safety with people and people start to understand how much better it feels when a person is aware of who they are and where, what state they're in. And it empowers them to almost kind of mimic that in the same way. Mm. So it's the self knowing man, at the end of the day, we know this, it is, it is an internal game, everything external in the world, everything in our society, whether it's politics, whether it's family, whether it's nation states, it, it all starts with self knowing. It all starts with that ability to be self aware. And if we don't have that, then we're hijacked by the universe around us. And, and that's, that's, that's why, you know, in culture work, I always go back to the individual. It's individuals that make an organization. And we have to acknowledge that and work from that space out. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
it 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 makes me wonder too about um you know, there was, there, I usually give speeches on culture. Mm-hmm. And in this one that I was giving, I, I went into this whole story about uh, ADD and panic attacks mm-hmm. that, I was, that I was dealing with and, and some of the lessons I learned. And people are like, that helped me so much. And they mm-hmm. solve certain things. And I'm like, I'd never brought that up in one before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I sometimes think everybody's dealing with something. Right. Right? Like... You no matter how perfect you think they are, everybody's got something. Yeah. Everybody's got something they probably don't want you to know, right? And sometimes I, I even I've done that in front of a speech. I say, "Look around the room." And I look around and go, "Every person here has something they don't want you to know." <laughs> you know, and you're looking at people. You're like, "What's yours? What's yours like?" I love you it. know, and it, yeah. it, and, and and they're not saying it, but it just gives you that feeling of yeah. it, right? And so I'll I'll it, mm. it, I'll admit some of these um, and share it and. I, I think the the part that I'm wrestling with that is at, how deep do I go? Mm. You know, do I do I keep going on that route? There's other things I'm struggling with. Yeah. There's 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 some some people say so. One distinction I've heard with like being vulnerable. I'm curious what you think. Is one person said be vulnerable with with the things you've already had a story arc with. Got it. So that you can take them on that, show that you've been there and dealt with stuff, and then. Um, and and then how you landed that plane and dealt with it. And, you know, obviously it's way more vulnerable to share something that you're currently right. dealing with. So what do you think about that in terms of, of That's a great question. you know, especially people in, in a leadership position? I feel, you know, I'm really, I, I'm wrestling with that one as well. Because, you know, if we look at, if we go on Instagram or we go on Facebook and all the people that are selling their courses, they're experts already. They already have the answer. They've, they're done. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at them, you create this kind of distance between them. It's like, I can't be them. I want to learn from them. So there's an authority that you have. But what happens is you're telling a story. Just it, it infers that those who are on this side of the television screen or on the other side of the, the phone screen are better or have achieved and have no problems. Mm-hmm. And... At the same time, if you become too vulnerable, not just not on the landing of the story arc, but this is what sucks now. There's a fear of loss of credibility, loss of authority, right? Because they're like, oh, they're just like me. But I I would want to live in a world where I can talk about my struggles that are currently happening in my life. Mm -hmm. I may be strong in these areas and these pillars, but this area is something that I'm having difficulty with. And I feel that if we can normalize that, then what we can say is it's okay to be human and I have bad news. You're going to be human until you die. Yeah. That is not the story. The story is you become superhuman and people are are tied to that. Yeah. I think think the distinction I'm realizing is I think it can be current – I think as long as I'm just I'm literally experimenting on the yeah, fly with what I'm thinking here of 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 what your relationship to it and is it grounded. So I think that where vulnerability can go off the rails is if you're telling somebody and then they feel the need to take care of you. Yes, you know, and that's powerful. Like 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 that. Like if I can talk about something I'm, de- I'm dealing with this and they they get the sense I'm centered and grounded. Yes, and I see where I am in that. It's it, it, it's fine. But if 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 there's too much emotion there, right, right. if it's charged, if I'm really angry or yeah. if I'm really upset with myself or I'm really that. like that might be a little too sensitive to go into. You know, it's interesting. I look at kind of, okay. So I, a lot of times when I see how Christ lived, just mm-hmm. the life there, there are periods where he expressed deep vulnerability. Like when he was in the garden of Gethsemane before they were about to come and crucify him. 
but he, he brought just his three homies, right? And he's like, I am stressed out. Like he expressed to them what he was feeling, but a lot of other people didn't know. So I almost, you know, cause as I look at that, I'm like, okay, maybe the, the, for a select few, you can share the, the uncontrolled, unbridled experiences that you're having. But I love the idea of what you're saying is that the things that are within your control, the emotions that you have processed, your ability to stay centered in the process of expressing you know, this vulnerable state that you're in. I think that that, because you don't want, you don't want people just like you said, to feel the need to console you or to feel that you don't know how to control your emotions and control Mm -hmm. your state. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I get, I get that. And I actually agree. I think it's a powerful, it's a powerful concept to be vulnerable to the level of your, yeah, I'm just going to, okay. Oh, I got it. I'm going to eat this. (laughs) So uh, to be big difference, uh, to be vulnerable to the level of what you can manage, like stay within, within the level of your control mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah, that's great, man. I, I love that concept. Yeah. So what, uh, one question I, I like to, uh, and I know I'm putting you on the spot because yeah, 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 it's know. improv. You yeah. don't even know what's coming at <laughs> yeah. you, right? Is um, what is the riddle you want to solve or the riddle that you're trying to solve? Mm. And this is on a global scale? It can be anything. It can be personally. It can be with your career. It can be like, because I think that it's, it's problem is a, is a loaded word. Um, you know, whereas like riddle to me implies there's a mystery there. There's, um, there's, there's a game there. There's some fun there. There's a like, you know, matrix, like you feel like there's a splinter in your brain and itch (laughs) you can't scratch. Yeah, man. I think the riddle, there's, I don't want to say balance is the word, but one of my values is is fun, like play. Mm-hmm. Um, this childlike spirit of just dancing through the world, right? And then at the same time, another value is legacy. And this is to leave an impact mm. or a thumbprint that is that goes beyond your existence, right? that empowers people. My, my mission is to mass produce empowered human beings. And so the riddle is I want both and I want both to be one and to, to thread that needle in a way where I am present and gleefully existing on this planet while making massive impact is there, is there anyone who symbolizes that for you? Symbolizes that for me. You know, it's funny. Is there anybody who symbolizes that or who lives that or, you know, it's almost like the jealousy question. Like, who who, who do you see? Who's like, wow, they're having fun and and leaving an impact. You know, it's interesting. There's nobody that's coming to mind. I know people that kind of are trying to symbolize that. Like I think Branson, uh, you know, light spirited guy Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, you you don't see him working hustling. You don't see that, that Elon Musk just that, (laughs) right. right? You see a little more playfulness with him. Um, but I would almost have to pull people together. Like it'd be like an Anthony Bourdain, mm. right? Um, mixed with um, what I love about this is going to, this Disney manufactures happiness, right? And the way Walt Disney saw the world and created a new, create a mouse, made a mouse common, like something that everybody loves and related it to happiness to be able to create something that just is so, has such a massive impact. And he created a Disney world. Right. So the ability to create a world that people actually live within is self-sustaining. 
is a piece of it that I want. The thing about Anthony Bourdain is the way that he drink, drank in food and cultures and life. So I almost feel like I have to pick multiple people and, and put that together. There are things about Elon Musk that I love the way he, if you look at his interviews, the way that he says the best part is no part, how he systematizes, how he, how he factors down, how he factors up, just the way he thinks is incredible. So it's, it's, it's me pulling these multiple entities together to try to create this thing. But literally the person that I'm imagining is me, right? I see myself as that person. And my job is to thread the needle to become him more and more. Okay, so here's a question. Yeah. And if, 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 if you don't have an answer, yeah. then I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So you're in a situation where, like, you're at a Hollywood studio. Yeah. And uh, you, get, you get pulled into a room with some executive producers. Mm. And, like, this, you can't reschedule this. They're just, like, they're, they're right there. And they say, okay, Burkay, like, you have our ear right now. What what show do you want to pitch? Oh my gosh! Are right, you first? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, please tell me yours. Yeah. Tell me yours. And I got this question actually from Michael Moore because Michael Moore, before he did TV Nation, had that exact scenario happen. He got a call. He had done the movies, but he got a call and said, "Like, hey, do you have uh, TV show ideas?" And he goes, "Yeah, of course." And he had none. Wow! Right? Yeah. But yeah. he's like, "I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say yes, and then I'm going to." F- Figure something out <laughs> right, going right, to that right, meeting, right? Because right? you, if you have that opportunity, why not? Um, the one that comes to, to mind for me is some people on the podcast know about the X pill and it, it being this device of transformation and change. Mm-hmm. It's an inert pill, but you set an intention to it. And I think it would be uh, – you reminded me with the Anthony Bourdain kind of show yeah. of like of literally traveling maybe with this small ragtag team of funny, interesting people who are right. like my team. And then we go into these interesting situations that are just begging for some kind of transformation, right. like, a, like, a, like a depressed town or, 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 or a company yeah. that's, that's about to be eliminated and struggling right. and, and seeing the potential for like really interesting personalities and arcs in interesting places mm. with, 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 with a funny crew with me. That's awesome. You know, like that, <laughs> yeah. that could be a lot of fun. I, you know what, I actually, that, that, that sparked something within me. I, I would do, I would do something very similar. Um, but it kind of would be like the everything is everything idea, the strange mirrors. But what I, one skill set that I have is I can pull beauty out of anything. And, and I'm so excited about it that the thing or person that senses my excitement is more excited about themselves. So I, I feel like I would love to travel the world, me and a posse and get people to see the beauty that is, that is right in front of our faces mm. all the time. Like when I'm, I can be, I, every time I walk into my house, there's a rose bush and I have to stop and smell it. And when I, or sometimes <laughs> this is going to sound so crazy, but if I see, there's a palm tree right by my house and I put my hand on it. And the reason that I love it is I'm like, both of these were not created by man. This is just nature to nature right here. And I love that concept. And so getting people to see the magic that is happening constantly around this, whether it's traveling or whether it's just in your own backyard and when people feel that, it makes them feel uh, more excited about things that they weren't excited about. When I make videos, all my videos are like trying to get people to see that life is this incredible adventure. And you can, you can extrapolate it from any situation. And getting people to be able to do that and have a, a TV crew with your homies that are just <laughs> around you. And you're funny at the same time. Like It's just like... That would be an ideal show because that's that's ultimately like if you're asking me what I want to do with my life, that's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's it, it, you know Hollywood pitches are always like you know I think uh, uh, old school was like 
um, Animal House meets Fight Club. Right. Right. Like that's exactly <laughs> what that was. Right. So I'm thinking for this one, it's mm. uh, I'm in, I'm envisioning the Matrix meets Queer Eye for the Straight Guy kind of thing. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That is perfect, man. Oh, you thought about this. this I is, haven't. This is, I, this is all coming to me really? now. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing, man. It makes. I get it. I get it. I absolutely get it. I would say mine would be maybe um, uh, what parts unknown. That's Anthony Bourdain, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, Jackass. <laughs> like that would be that would be the ideal, the ideal world. Because I never want to take myself serious. Ever. Mm. And even if I see something beautiful and I say something super poignant or da da da, I'm gonna okay. make a joke. So I'm the Hollywood producer. I'm like, okay, oh, we're, we're gonna green light one show. Um, <laughs> get, get your friends. We'll, we'll, we'll pay for you. We'll send you wherever you wanna go. Um, um, do this thing. Yeah. Like, wh- what would you do? What would be the jackass Running the bulls. thing? Running of the bulls. Running the bulls. That's, that's exactly it. And we would record every piece of it, the prep beforehand. We're gonna, the restaurants we go to, the people that we talk to, because every restaurant I go to, wherever I go, I better, it's not a chain. I'm gonna meet the owner. I'm going to meet the waiter and I'm going to become friends with them. And we're going to talk about, and we're going to say, sit, take a seat with us, have some, like I want, I I dream and I drink in this stuff. Mm. So after that, then it shows us like making fun of each other before we're about to do the running of the bulls. And I hope somebody gets stomped. I hope somebody gets hit. I don't care if it's me. I want people to see like, even afterwards, if, if, if I get injured to talk about how incredible that experience was, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm just, what I'm teaching people to see is that all experiences are good experiences. Even the last one, like it's, they're all important. They're all valuable. It's all alive and it's all happening right now. And if you can get, because I, 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 even now I'm physically feeling that excitement. And if you can get people, and I have that ability to galvanize people to just for a second take their eyelids off their eyelids and see that life is this vibrating, incredible experience. Mm. Mm. And all the pieces of it are absolutely beautiful. That, that for me, oh my God. Yeah, so running the bulls would be the first. And then what we, what we laugh about afterwards, because we're going to make fun of people and then it'll edit to the shots where, you know, <laughs> this guy gets nailed. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know what I mean? You were laughing. It's just like, I, I, I love that. And I love taking people on those journeys. And, and as soon as they close their laptop, turn off their TV or turn off their phone, they look outside. And then they go outside. And then they call their friend. And they're like, yo, we got to do something. Like, that's... That's the space. You know where I go with that too is yeah. with my improv experience. Like, like one of the things you'll you'll you you can do with improv is is just move the scenes around in all kinds of ways. So the way I I, I see it applying to this is is like you're running, yeah. and then there's a camera shot of somebody just getting nailed, yeah. But then you switch to you and your friends in the studio afterward watching it, right? Like saying some funny comments, then back into the scene, absolutely, right? So you're like playing with timelines. That is, and that's what's so because you you get to it's this constant reliving of experiences, and that's that's why you know pictures are so good when you look at them, you like you feel it again. But there's a, when I was in Croatia, what like two weeks ago, and everybody was jumping off the the the, the yacht. It was a three story yacht. Everybody was jumping off the first and the second, but then there was a top on top of the third. There was a roof, and nobody was climbing up there. And I'm like, I'm gonna go up. Just look at it. I'm just gonna look. At it. I'm just gonna have dinner with fear. That's it. I'm not. I'm not committing to run to jump. People are like, you gonna jump? I'm like, nope, no promises. I'm just going up. So I go up, and then I look at the step. The ledge is kind of angled so you could slip. And I'm like, and then it clicked. I'm like, I'm gonna do it. So I did it. Right after I did it, other people were like, let's do it. So more people come up. 
<laughs> I have this amazing slow motion video. One of the guys is like, I'm going to dive. I'm like, what? So I jump penciled. He dives and you can see it. It's in slow motion where he's in diving position. And then you're like, oh God, his feet are starting to go over his head. So he's going directly into his back and this guy back flops. And I fit, I remember going, as soon as I landed underwater, I was like grabbing my face like this man's dead, right? But the most fun we had afterwards was sitting in the jacuzzi, watching the video over at the slow motion. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it was at this point, he knew. <laughs> right? you know? And it was just like, you could see it. You could see it. So those type of experiences where you can make these voiceovers and you can joke about it and yeah. people are just, you know Especially, I mean? and then you've always like, like, like a John Madden play. Right. Like, and here's where he should have gone around. Right? And like you're drawing on the screen showing the play. <laughs> That yeah, man. Because I'm I'm a dude. Comedy. I'm I'm I love that stuff. So that that really I think is, and it, I love this question, man. By the way, mm. um, that that is that is the the experience uh, that I want to create. I'm telling people like if I'm yelling, I'm yelling at them, saying your life is beautiful. Find it. That's the riddle. Yeah. Find it. It's there. No matter. Well, I have this. I have this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's there. I've been in these these impoverished countries and I've seen some of the poorest people making a stick and a rock the most incredible experience. It is there. And if you find it, you win. Yeah. No matter the circumstances around. So that's 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 my show. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So where can people find out more about you? Oh man. So burkebrown.com. Pretty, spell s- out? pretty simple. Pretty simple. Yeah. B. E R K E B R O W N dot com. Uh, and yeah, that you can find me on Instagram at Burke underscore Brown. But in um, those videos, you'll see some videos on there in my, my highlights that kind of tap on yeah. that show that you're talking about. The, yeah. The pulling the beauty and the fun out of life. So one of the things I talk about with, 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 with business is that this, this maxim around it, it's called, don't fall in love with your product because you get too attached to it. When it goes high, you're, you're a little too high. When it goes low, you're a little too depressed. Right. But if you fall in love with your customer, mm-hmm. you'll keep evolving. If you fall in love with the problem, then you, uh, you know, so th- what would you say, like, what's either a person or a problem where, mm-hmm. if, where if they were presented to you, you'd be like, oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, I love it. The most important thing that I say is I need want. You have to want. There are people who wish to change, mm-hmm. and a wish and a want are two different things. Mm. A wish is it'd be good if. A want means I'm willing. It's, it's, you have to knock on the door. If, they're, if you're not knocking, if you're not seeking, mm. then you're not at the space to change. Mm. And if you want somebody to change you, then you won't knock. You're hoping somebody comes. So I think a lot of the things I say on the spectrum of, mm. of the work that I do, I don't care if you want to want to change. If there's want there, I'm there, right? If you want change, if you want to shift your behaviors, if you're not happy with where your life is currently and not only where your life is, but how you think about your life and how you think about yourself, if there's sabotaging thoughts that are stopping you from taking a risk, if you have a relationship with fear where it says avert, run, go away, but you want to face it, if you're willing to have dinner with it, 
we can make shifts in your life. I mean, my work is in intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. How do you utilize these motivations to gain clarity on who you are and be Mm -hmm. able to overcome the obstacles that are in your life? And the obstacles are more about our thoughts than the things. The fear of a thing is bigger than the thing. And most people are running running away from the idea of what they're afraid of than what they're afraid of. That is awesome. That is a mic drop moment. <laughs> that is the don't actually drop that mic. That actually- mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, culture hackers. We'll see you next time. Thanks for Kim. Hey, glad to be here.